Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Five Minute Book Podcast. I'm your host, Tav, and I have the husband here with me today. It's me. I literally didn't tell him about this until like, what, 20 minutes ago? Yep. Because I literally didn't decide this until like 25 minutes ago. Yep. <laughs> so he's here. He is a happy camper. Emergency podcast recording session yes i just thought that it would be fun to have him on this just to see his reactions and is it another sex book no no it's actually about the tropes of these books so that's what this episode is going to be about is the 15 most popular tropes in these romance books and i want you to see if you can like guess what they're about or just like your thoughts on why they're the most popular and why authors maybe write these tropes. Okay, this should be good. It, I, I hope so. <laughs> we'll I see. I will destroy this test. Uh, I I don't doubt it. So as I was like researching all this, I found out that, I mean, I knew this, but it just kind of like verbalized it or put it on the page for me. But it says, like, romance books often employ various tropes to create engaging and captivating stories that appeal to readers. So these are the ones that appeal to the most readers. Of course, there's millions of tropes. We just don't know them all. And they're all different niches and different kinks and different things like that. What do we say on this podcast? Don't yuck someone else's yum. That's exactly right. Very good. <laughs> you passed. <laughs> I get a gold star now. You do. Let's get right into this. Uh, so these are the 15 most popular tropes that are in like the romance genre. So the first one, which I'm not surprised at, this is the one that I read the most of, is enemies to lovers. What do you think this means? Enemies to lovers means that... The dude is a dick. He's a jerk. He's like a high-powered CEO, or he was like their high school bully, or yeah. something like that. And then they end up falling for each other. It's a little bit like Beauty and the Beast, I imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and also, like, enemy could literally mean, like, enemy, like, in a fantasy world. Oh, like so, yeah. Competing. So, like, elves and humans aren't supposed to mix, and yeah. he's this elf. But she's a human, exactly. and they're sworn enemies because <laughs> he slayed her family or something. You should write a book. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yes, the main characters start off as adversaries or dislike each other, but eventually fall in love. And this is the most popular because I feel like it has the most sexual tension and just, like, tension in general. So much sexual tension. And people like that. I like that. Well, I think that's good. You know, when an enemy is facing off against you, there's nothing more sexually desirable than just, like, going to town on oh. your mortal enemy. <laughs> right? Or being on the brink of death or something. <laughs> nothing more arousing. Just kidding. That's dark. <laughs> So the most popular book uh, that is The Enemies to Lovers is Court of Thorn and Roses. Uh, but again, there are so many books that I read that are this trope. That's the one that just comes to mind first. So the second one is Friends to Lovers, which I'm guessing you know what this means. Yeah, these are pretty self-explanatory. Like, I thought this was going to be a little harder. but I don't know. It could. They were like really. high school friends or their co-workers yeah. or... Like, he's always been the friendly hot dog vendor as the girl walks up every day buying That's coffee amazing. and hot dogs. <laughs> it's like that. They're friends. Yeah, they, yeah. They see each other. The main characters have a pre-existing friendship that develops into a romantic relationship. 
So the ones that came to mind that I've read is People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. And then I haven't, I've read these this series like a long time ago, but I've never talked about it on the podcast. It's the Half-Blood series by Jennifer Armentrout. This one has a really good Friends to Lovers as well. Um, and I definitely recommend that series. Anything by Jennifer Armentrout is just always good. So the third one is Second Chance Romance, which you probably know what that is. Someone made a mistake in the past and the relationship ended for whatever reason, be it war, cheating, um, job, uh, yeah. graduation, college, anything like that. And then they find each other through serendipitous means <laughs> and the you relationship is rekindled. <laughs> the well, if you like my stories, you should definitely watch the movie Uranus Attacks coming this fall. Oh my gosh, a plug for yourself. So the main characters who have a history together get a second chance at love after a breakup or separation. And the ones that I, the book recommendations I wrote down for this is P.S. I Hate You by Winter Renshaw. Friends Instead with, of P.S. I Love You. Yes, it's P.S. <laughs> I Hate You. And then Friends with Benedicts by Stacey Hart and More Than This by Jay McLean, which I don't think I've ever talked about Jay McLean. She is a very good author. I highly recommend all her books. And I just haven't read any of her books in a while because she hasn't got like she hasn't released any. So that's definitely one that I have forgotten about. The next one is Forbidden Love, which is the central romance faces significant obstacles or societal barriers. Wait, I don't get to guess this one. Oh, well, sorry. I I wanted to go ahead. Okay, so Forbidden Love. It's when there's a significant (laughs) obstacle in someone's way to. Yeah, forbidden love. Like, they're not supposed to love each other. Yeah. Probably a little bit like that friends to enemies kind of deal. No, or like societal barriers that make their love difficult or forbidden. It's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. It's that kind of Montagues, Capulets, uh, Elves, Humans. Uh, Probably a little bit of the enemies. To uh, lovers. To lovers. A lot of authors, this is what I didn't mention at the beginning. A lot of authors mix a lot of these tropes together, which makes it even more exciting. Uh, The one that I put, the book recommendation that I put for this one is one that I'm currently reading. I'm almost done with it. It's called Mile High by Liz Tomford. This is one that's been going around on TikTok right now, and it's really good. It's very, very spicy, uh, but it's really good. They have like a little forbidden love. It was very spicy. The next one is Fake Relationship. Go ahead. This is a trope? Yeah, it's a trope. Okay, give me a second. fake relationship yeah oh okay hold on i think i got this one all right so uh i think the classic scenario of this would be where the dude is super wealthy or something like that and he hires a girlfriend or something like that to meet his parents for the weekend or it's like just for appearances or something like that that's exactly it So two characters pretend to be in a romantic relationship for various reasons, which leads to genuine feelings developing between them. Aww. (laughs) So cute. The book that I recommend for this is The Spanish Love Deception by Alina Armas. She does this very well. Which is surprisingly still your best performing episode when you talked about it. I don't know why, because in that episode I was like, I don't like this book. (laughs) Maybe other people didn't like it. Don't, don't yuck know. someone's yuck. I know. I know. Okay. The next one is Love Triangle. Oh. Do you know your shape? Shakespeare shapes? did this perfect. <laughs> did he? Yeah. Actually, this Love Triangle is directly ripped off of Shakespeare. Okay. 
from A Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, there are four characters. There's Demetrius, Lysander, Helena, and oh, what was the other one's name? Oh, what's the other girl's name? I don't know. I don't know Shoot. Shakespeare. Shoot. There's another there's another girl in there, but okay. she's four of you. But there's a love triangle where one person loves another, and then another person loves the second person, but the second person loves the third person, but the third person is still in love with the first person. That sounds like a square. There's four people. It's a yeah, square. Yeah, there's four people in the story, but the love triangle goes on because they get like spells cast on them by the fairies in the play. Oh. So Demetrius... Uh, falls in love with ah the other girl's name who I can't let's call her Barbara <laughs> as a placeholder because I can't think of her name okay but she's not the popular girl in the story Barbara's fine. everyone loves Helena in the play more than anything okay so Demetrius likes Barbara uh, but Barbara likes Lysander uh, Helena likes Demetrius but no one ends up liking Helena oh. So Lysander Demetrius are going after the same Barbara yeah. at one point, and Helena's left out. But then a spell gets cast that makes it weird. Uh, oh, because that's what makes Demetrius go after Barbara. Oh, and so Helena's left out. It's a very, it's a very funny scenario. Uh-huh. Everything works out in the end because it's a comedy. So, but also you can't really understand Shakespeare's language. It's not. <laughs> It's not that hard. You don't try to understand every word. It's like the general aspect. Okay. It's just not for me. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. I might be a little pretentious, but I love it. That's fine. That's fine. But yeah, you're exactly right. So the protagonist is torn between two love interests, often causing tension and conflict in the story. So the one that I put down is it ends with us with Colleen Hoover, which yes, there are two love interests, but also... If you have read that book, you kind of don't want the other love interest because he's abusive. Um, but anyways, I put that one down and then I put A Court of Thorn and Roses again because that one's like the classic uh, between the, the triangle. Uh, the next one is Opposites Attract. Again, it seems a little bit like... <laughs> it very much speaks for itself. Lovers, yeah. yeah, Opposites Attract. You just have uh, maybe people who are really against each other well they might not be enemies though yeah but they might compete like i I think of like two law enforcement officers well that's not really opposite though maybe like a law enforcement officer and a protester okay like that's complete opposite okay i can understand that Uh, okay so the main characters have contrasting personalities backgrounds or interests but they find love despite their differences Um, So I had a hard time finding a book for this, so I reached out to my sister, and she recommended The Opposite of You by Rachel Higginson, which literally it says in the title, The Opposite of You. So opposites attract. It's perfect. The next one is Billionaire Slash Rich Hero, which I want to be in this trope. (laughs) Can you be a a billionaire? Billionaire Slash Rich Rich Hero. Hero. Yeah. So one of the main characters is wealthy, powerful, or influential Adding so it's an, Batman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, adding an element of glamour and intrigue to the romance. So this one I put uh, Royally Not Ready by Megan Quinn because one of them is royal. And so they have all the wealth and status and everything. And the other one doesn't. I'm not yucking someone's yum, but this seems like kind the of most gold boring of all the tropes. Well, it, 
I know, but it probably gets combined with a lot of the other tropes. Yeah, this, I don't feel like it could ever stand alone because there's no That's draw. fair. Like, if you're just rich and wealthy, like... And someone's no attracted to you just because of that. Yeah, like that's not a redeeming quality that people necessarily want to read about. That's fair. That's fair. I can see that. The next one is small town romance. So the story is set in a close-knit small town where the main characters find love amidst community dynamics. Yeah, just like the movie Uranus Attacks coming out this fall. Oh my gosh. It's this is one of this of is Uranus. one of my favorites, the small town romance. Just because the author usually makes the town very quirky and like the town people and like they're just all up in each other's business and it's just funny. Um, and the one that came to mind was When in Rome by Sarah Adams. She does this very, very well. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah. Uh, again, I'll, I'm just going to draw from Beauty and the Beast okay. and talk about the opening sequence. The small town. Yeah, the small town song. That's Everyone's a good draw. bonjour, bonjour. And <laughs> you have the baker, the librarian, everyone's just walking around. Small town. I don't story. think you like small towns, right? Like you wouldn't like everyone saying living hi to each a, other. Living in a small town? Yeah. Uh, no, I probably wouldn't. Because you don't like people in your business? No, it's not that. It's that I don't like saying hi to someone every single day. <laughs> Isn't that a common courtesy, though? I mean, it is. It's nice to do, but at the same time, it's like it's annoying because it's like when people ask you, "Hey, how are you doing?" I'm fine. Like it's just this yeah. knee jerk react. Like they're not really asking how you're doing. I find it the same way as high. Like I like maybe I can make eye contact, but like, do I have to verbalize a hello every <laughs> single time I see someone? Just start every day? waving like frantically. Yeah. You don't have to say anything. Just wave. Like Tav, do I say hello to you every morning? When we wake up? No, you're like, get up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding. Never. <laughs> you cannot I know. tell people I that because they don't know. They I don't know. know. I'm kidding, everyone. I'm kidding. JR is one of the kindest, sweetest husbands, but and he lets me sleep. what do I do sleep. every time? I will do this every time, though. You say, I love you, bye. And love you, you come bye. And give me and a that's kiss. always the last thing I say to you yeah. before I leave. Anytime we leave each other, you say that. Yeah, even hanging up on the phone. I will say that every time because it feels like this is the end of the conversation. That yeah. feels more casual than trying and to I say And I mean a the word. most to you. You do mean the most <laughs> to me. But it feels better than like saying hi and then ending the conversation right there. Yeah, even I'm, when you come home from work, sometimes we say hi to each other. But a lot of times we just go on with our day <laughs> we just resume our conversation from the morning or from when we talked later or, yeah we yeah. don't really say hi <laughs> so that was a long tangent about why i don't like saying hi to <laughs> every single wouldn't... person in a small town i like people yeah. but i don't want to say hi that's fair so he wouldn't live in a small town i will smile at you i'll, I'll be friendly and if you have a conversation you want to start with me sure then i'll say hello and have a conversation <laughs> but not every day uh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> the next one is amnesia. So one of the characters suffers uh, from amnesia and the other helps them rediscover their identity and their love for each other. This just reminds me of that movie with Channing Tatum and Rachel McAdams. Yeah. I where think she wakes up in bed. She's like, you're my husband. And she's like freaking out. But like in every woman's scenario, like, oh, my gosh, you're my husband. Right? OK. She doesn't even end up with him. She ends up with the guy like previous to him. Which it's so dumb because it's like you'd rather be with him than Channing Tatum. Like he's like the bad boy slash like 
rebellion guy that you wanted to be with. I didn't like that movie, so I've only seen it once. I never watched the movie. I what? Just, <laughs> Why are you I know talking the about Well, it, no, because I know the I know the preface of it. Oh, okay. And it was just a story. I was like, I, I don't care. Oh, my. I don't care enough. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not saying, like, people don't enjoy it because they yeah. make genres I think about they it, frustrate but. me the most. Like, I get really frustrated with Amnesia because I'm like, why do you not remember? <laughs> Remember, you idiot. Like, come on. You were in love. This is who you are. Like, these are important things. Like, just remember. Yeah, that one I can't do. Do these ever happen with, like, kids and families, like the amnesia ones? I don't think so. I think that, they're just, like, couples, I right? feel like that's more of, like, a sci-fi type of thing. Because I think of uh, Fifty First Dates, too, with Drew Barrymore oh, and yeah. Adam Sandler. And remember at the very end of the movie, he plays that tape for her every single morning. Yeah. And she walks out on the deck and she has like three or like two kids yeah. or something. That's, it's like makes it so sad. It makes it sad. But also it's like, could you imagine waking up and be like, oh, my gosh, I have a family. I have six kids. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I woke up thinking I was getting married in a week. But now I'm I like, have, oh, I have it's six been kids. 20 years. It's been 20 years. <laughs> that is scary. The next one is Marriage of Convenience, which that one already goes with... Feels like a green card story. Yeah. I mean, that one goes with fake relationships. Like, yeah, it feels they just like a like sub-genre. Split it. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. The fake relationships could just be like dating, like fake dating. But this is like marriage. So this is when two characters enter into a marriage or a partnership for practical reasons, which eventually develops into genuine love. And like you're saying, like a green card, which is The Wall of Winnipeg and Me by Mariana Zapata. That's exactly what it is. Like he would be deported to Canada. He's but a big he's, football player. Yeah, he is. So that one is a really great book. I love anything by her. So the next one is Age Gap Romance. So the main characters have a significant age difference, adding complexity and dynamics to their relationship. I'm doing really good at guessing these. You're by the way. doing so good. I'm well, doing you don't have to so guess good. all of them. I want to. I want to elaborate on okay, it. Okay. So what do you? What comes to mind first with age gap romance? Uh, in the curious case of Benjamin Button. Oh, <laughs> I think I've only. Seen I'm that always going to relate things to movies. That's fine. Because I don't. I don't read a fraction of what you do. You don't really read at all anyways. I, I do read. I'm very selective with what I read. That's fair. You like movies more, though. I do like movies more. I I will read books for education. Yeah, but that's a good example. Another one uh, is Mariana Zapata again. She has a book called Colty, and it's of a soccer player. And it's kind of interesting because the main female character grew up like watching him play soccer like professional soccer and she was he was like her hero and then she grew up to be a professional soccer player and then he becomes her coach and then they fall in love so there's like a 20-year gap or like more (laughs) hmm sounds like daddy issues uh yeah but she has more problem with her mom i guess i don't know i think it's a good book (laughs) But yeah, I again, I couldn't really think of any other books that I've read that have this age gap romance. Like, it's not really a, a trope that I see a lot or maybe is not like recommended for me. I feel like it's a taboo thing. Like, yeah. It, it's a taboo story. So like I've, if people go for that. Yeah. 
feel like they might try to keep it a secret. Maybe. I don't they know. They could also be proud of it. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm guessing. Whatever. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the next one is time travel romance. With this this one is my mom's favorite trope. Like she loves time, time travel, travel romance. romance? Yeah. Cuz a lot of time they go back in like the medieval ages or like the oh, that back time. when women had a lot of rights and things oh were great gosh. for them, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the medieval times like yeah yeah i mean like with the highlanders my mom loves like highlander books and just any sort of like time travel romance like she loves it okay i mean yeah time travel's cool what would you do like what time if you could go back in time i don't know what i'm asking if i could go back to a time period yeah like what would you do what would i where would i want to go yeah yeah um Man, I don't know. The fifties. I said the fifties. Well, I didn't say the fifties. In my head, I said the fifties. Well, because well, I the just 50s like the feels fact. like it's it's not because of like because I mean d- women have had a rough go of it yeah. for the last <laughs> century. I I think things are way better now for women than they Absolutely. were back then. So everyone is still like complaining and fighting for things as they should because equality is an important thing. But things are way better now than yeah. they were before. Yeah. But the reason why I say the 50s, though, is just because, like, just the simplicity of the yeah. lifestyle. It's like, yeah, John George goes to work from 9 to 5, comes home. There's dinner on the table because the wife doesn't have to work. Yeah. Because she can stay home because one income can support a whole family. That's true. And give you a house and a car. <laughs> and, and four these, kids. Yeah, and, and four kids. <laughs> and health insurance is fine. Yeah. Too. Now, health I mean, medicine back in the 50s isn't that great, but... There's a lot of pros and cons. Yeah, that's why I would say 50s, though, just because the... It's just so simple and easier to understand. I said the 50s because of the fashion. The fashion? Yeah, I really like the fashion. Those poodle skirts? No, not really poodle shirts, but it's just... No, you're thinking of, like, Greece. I know, I'm thinking of Greece. I don't think... No, I think you're right with the fashion, though, because even men back then like they wore, wore trousers suits. yeah like, trouser suit hats like they dressed yeah fancy yeah like everyone just looked really nice and i just like those dresses and that style of of clothes so. Ooh, if I, I i'm gonna change mine 50s is close i think i would go with 1920s though oh i think i go to the 1920s with like um those caps or whatever or like isn't that when the fedora air the speakeasy prohibition yeah. all that kind of stuff uh what's that show um that we've like peaky watched? blinders peaky blinders is that in the 1920s Ooh, i don't know i mean it has that vibe but yeah maybe maybe not maybe. but kind of during that era that you think yeah because like? it's just the i i just like the way that dudes dress back then yeah that's like, fair it, it just looks better like yeah. I told you that like my preference would be like if I could wear a suit every day to work like I would. Oh. I think I forgot about that. Yeah. But it's like that at, <laughs> I mean my current job if I did that I'd look insane. Ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so this is the one that you've been mentioning multiple times and it's the beauty and the beast. So that is a separate trope, but it's combined with all of these. Once again, all of these tropes are combined with each other. There's usually like one or two, maybe three, maybe four that they all combine, but they're just so intermingled that it's just like, it makes it flow better. So 
yeah, the Beauty and the Beast. So this is, of course, inspired by the classic fairy tale. This trope features a physical or emotional scarred hero who finds love with someone who sees beyond their appearance. Um, so the one that I put uh, is actually from my sister, too. Uh, it's Cursed So Dark and Lonely by Bridget Kemmerer. Kem- Kemmerer? I don't know her last name. Oh, I forgot to mention, for the time travel romance, the book that I recommend is Viking Academy by S.T. Bende. She, that book, I love, love that, that book. And I'm sure if you wanted other recommendations, I could get some from my mom. Um, but yeah, Beauty and the Beast, we kind of understand that. Uh, the last one is Workplace Romance, which... Is a workplace romance. Yeah, very it's good. Jim and Pam. <laughs> Jim and Pam. The main characters meet and fall in love with a professional setting, such as an office, hospital, or other work environment. This feels like a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies, too. Yeah, very true. You just have to be careful if they're your boss, because that's um, HR violations. (laughs) In real life, having any workplace romance is not a good idea. It's not. The one that comes to mind is The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. And this one was really popular last year. Uh, which is a really, really good book, but they also came out with a movie that has Lucy Hale, which I really love as well. Definitely like the book more, but the movie is very solid. Definitely like it. Um, so, yeah, those are the 15 most common tropes that I found online. Actually, C- CGT, C-chat, the chat GPT. Chat GPT. That's what it is. I don't know what letters they use. They helped me. That little machine helped me come up with these tropes, which was very nice. <laughs> yeah. And if you would care to learn more about these, Tav, or any of your listeners, uh, all of these actually fall into a basic plot from a book called The Seven Basic Plots by Christopher Booker. Oh, didn't you say it's boring, though? It's, or it's dry? It is. It's very dry. Like, this is... And it's also like it's an educational book. Like okay. it's it's not it's only entertaining if you want to like kind of blow your mind on a couple things. Mm-hmm. And it, it outlines all of these basic plots things. So everything that you listed actually falls underneath what they describe in the book as Beauty and the Beast okay. and Shakespeare stuff. And it all splinters out and but it falls under comedy actually mm-hmm. because every love story is actually a comedy cuz comedies everyone at the end ends up getting married so the positive happy things like that's kind Hmm. of the thing and tragedies everyone dies yeah that's those are like two of the basic plots in it okay it's a very dry book though you like you have to take it in spurts yeah because what they do is he'll say like a basic plot and then he'll start listing every single plot line plot story inside of that genre and so you start to like kind of have your mind and childhood ripped apart all at once. Oh my gosh. Because you realize that all of these stories are the same thing. Yeah. Like Jaws and Beowulf, that's a classic one. Yeah. Um, Same with Star Wars too, like Hero's Journey, The Odyssey. So if you had to choose, like if you were going to write a romance book tomorrow, what tropes would you choose? Oh, Beauty and the Beast, for sure. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I think there's a lot... there's a lot more room for errors to be made and mm-hmm. errors are what comedy comes from miscommunication misconception of things okay that's why everyone laughs yeah. that's why we laughed at the um the episode of uh black black mirror, mirror last uh-huh. night what was that episode it was uh i think it was like season three 
yeah but the idea of just like anytime there can be miscommunication or a misperception yeah. of something you there's room for comedy and with beauty and the beast i think that's the biggest dichotomy split between yeah. beauty and the beast and He's a beast for these reasons. She's a beauty for these reasons. Or yeah. he's a beauty for these reasons. She's a beast for these reasons. Or yeah, yeah, guy, yeah. guy, girl. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Either way, those two archetypes, I think, have tons of room to grow and paint and write in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I like it. All right. Well, I hope everyone learned something. Sorry. Was that too much? <laughs> no. I went I too it... <laughs> deep. I went too deep. I'm no, sorry. No. It, it was very interesting and uh, on point, and I, I enjoyed it. So I don't know. We'll see how the listeners feel. Just kidding. I'm sure yeah. they loved it. All right. Well, those are the 15 tropes that are the most popular, and uh, I'm glad that we could have the husband on here again. Very much surprise to all of us. Uh, that wasn't a sentence. What, was that was a real it? sentence? It was a real said? sentence. So Very much prize. Surprise? Oh, I didn't hear this part. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Very Anyways, much prize. Very much prize. Uh follow me on Instagram and TikTok and all the social medias. I've all been, of them. All of them. I've been posting more on my TikTok. Uh, if you have been following me on TikTok, you see that I did post about the new Tessa Bailey books. I did finish those two, and they're very good. So if you want to see that little video, go on my TikTok. Um, but yeah, follow me everywhere. And other than that, more videos coming. More videos That's what coming. she's building up to. That's right. What episode is this? 83? Uh, yeah, 83. 83? Yeah. So you're coming up on 100. I know. What are we going to do for that? You probably need to do video and let people see your probably. face more. Probably. Probably. We'll have to do a giveaway, Probably too. need to show this new setup, too, that you've been building in this room. True. Well, we will on the video. So, anyways, grateful for you guys. Definitely stay tuned for next week's episode. I'm going to be having uh, my best friend on the podcast sometime soon, and it'll be great. Everything will be great. So. It's gonna be great. Thank you. I don't know That's that closing <laughs> song. <laughs> Anyways, grateful for you guys, and we'll talk to you later. I'm grateful for you guys. Mm-hmm.